Cinnabuds receive support from Associated Bank and Eyes on the Lake, I Care and I Wear. Cinnabuds, Cinnabuds, two buddies, buddies talking about cinema. Hey, everybody. Hello, welcome. I'm Christopher Pollard from Milwaukee Film. Greetings and salutations. I'm Dory Zori from Radio <laughs> Milwaukee. And this is Cinnabuds. And this week on Cinnabuds, we are talking about the film Linoleum. My dad used to always say, there are two kinds of people in the world, Cameron. Astronomers and astronauts. Some look at the stars, others swim in them. You look like a younger, better-looking version of me. You don't believe me, do you? It's a really crazy story, Ken. Some old-ass Russian rocket fell from outer space and it crashed in our backyard. Welcome to Fairview Heights. When the host of a failing children's science show tries to fulfill his childhood dream of becoming an astronaut by building a rocket ship in his garage, a series of bizarre events follows and takes you kind of into this... Um, I don't know, alternate reality? What is reality? What's going on kind of a world? Yeah. It stars Jim Gaffigan, the popular stand-up comedian Jim Gaffigan. He actually plays two characters. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Which I thought was interesting. I have said this many times. I love it when comedians start acting in not necessarily comedic roles. And this is called a comedy. I wouldn't call it a comedy. We have this talk Yeah, I wouldn't call this a comedy. But it definitely is some satire on some genres. Though I got to tell you the first thing, Christopher, yeah. from almost the opening scene throughout the entire film, I'm like, this is Donnie Darko vibes, I, times same. a thousand. hundred percent same. Yeah? yeah? Okay, good. So, except I didn't think times a thousand. I thought it was a watered down. See, you know what, you know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think we're saying the same thing. But yeah, it's interesting. I, overall liked this movie. I had some problems with it, but the bones of this movie, I liked a lot. I did too. It shot really well. The Donnie Darko scenes for me were so like wild. Like Jim Gaffigan's character is riding a bicycle and then this object seems to fall out of the sky yeah. right in front of his house, which is very similar to how the beginning of Donnie Darko oh, that's started. True. Oh, that's um, true. I there's about like that, that slow motion kind of storytelling throughout where like um, maybe you're hearing the actors talking or you just hear some music and the scenes suddenly go from real live action to like slow motion. Yeah. That happens a lot in Darnie That's Darko. True. Did no, you... there's a ton of Darko influence in this movie for sure. High school kids on the fringe of yeah. society. It's like if, you know, Donnie Darko, David Lynch, but it's a first time filmmaker who's influenced by that. So it's not like fully there yet. But. That I don't want to discourage anyone from seeing it because I genuinely think it is a worthwhile film. If this is a first time film from Colin West, I am excited to see what is to come. Yes. We're going to talk a little bit more about the film in the podcast. So stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, Wisconsin foodies. This is Tariq Moody of Radio Milwaukee. Join Milwaukee Magazine's food writer, Ann Christensen, and myself every Friday morning at 8 a.m. for This Bites, Milwaukee's longest-running culinary podcast. We talk about everything from new restaurants, pop-ups, cookbooks, events, and even an occasional interview with a local chef. Head over to RadioMilwaukee.org slash This Bites or listen anywhere 
you get your podcasts. We are back and we are talking about the film Linoleum starring Jim Gaffigan. Uh, Jim Gaffigan is a good actor. Yeah, he's done a few films. He's one of those comedians that's just dipping his toe into the world of acting now. Mm-hmm. And he's been in a couple. We had one at the festival a couple years ago where he had a smaller part. It was a film about uh, Walter Goggins was the star of it. It was about <laughs> snake handlers. Ooh. A very dark film. And mm-hmm. he doesn't he doesn't play a comedic role necessarily in that. So yeah, I it's you know the Robin Williams route where you go in and you start doing films and you sh- you you show your chops. Yeah. I do like the um, the character he plays. The main character is kind of like this awkward, goofy, nerdy science teacher who somehow at some point had started his own TV show that was very much like Bill Nye, the yeah, science yeah, guy. Right. Um, just fun facts about science. And then that didn't become very successful. And then this uh, the other character he plays ends up moving into his neighborhood yeah. after this other weird thing happened that I don't really want to He's like spoil. the cool, slick, kind of meaner version, version of, of him. him. Yeah. yeah. But then like the kid of the cool, slick, meaner version is bonding more with the um, main character that he plays because he's like, you're the part of yeah. my dad that I wish exactly. yeah, existed, yeah. the fun science guy. But I liked how they used clips of this show, this fake show, science mm. show, to move the plot along. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you keep clever. seeing bits and they always related to what was going on. So essentially a rocket, uh, another thing that falls out of the sky yeah. is a, like they say it's a satellite and it ends up in his backyard. Mm-hmm. And so he decides he has this dream of becoming an astronaut and he's convinced he's going to make his own rocket. That's one of the little plots that's going on. So the vibe of this movie is eerie, strange. It's headed towards the darker side. Mm -hmm. I feel like it never totally gets there. They mention a couple things that are kind of dark, but it doesn't fully commit to it. And it's not like light enough for it to it's too much in between for me. It's straddled too much of a line where you wanted it to go in one direction or another. But. Having said that, I like it's. We've talked about this on the show a couple of times where it's like, I'm glad this film exists. Yes. Even though if I feel like it didn't 100% hit the mark, I think it nearly did. And the, like I said, the bones of it, like the story is interesting, the way they flip it here and there, these little surprises, yeah. the multiple storylines, and then the tone. It's all in like the intention is great behind all of it. And I will say, overall, I enjoyed the movie. But as if I'm being critical, I would say that it just didn't like fully commit to what it clearly wanted to be. I feel like there were little things I kept jotting down notes, which I don't usually do when I watch movies that I wanted to ask you. Like so on one of the fire trucks in a scene, instead of fire truck or city of whatever, the words quick attack were put on the fire (laughs) truck. I didn't notice that. And I like, does that mean anything? And Quick attack. I did not. I still have like eight minutes of the end of the movie to watch, which oh, yeah, is where yeah, they wrap yeah. everything up. So um, so does that mean anything to you? No, okay. nothing. And then there was a moment where they were talking about Ohana in Hawaiian means connection to all things. Yeah. Um, the Jim Gaffigan's character's father was a prize winning scientist yeah. in his day, and he is in a nursing home. And so there's these back and forth conversations with the counselor in the nursing home. Yeah, played by Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, that was kind of nice. Wisconsin native. 
And the theme of all these conversations, whether Jim's having it about his dad or his dad's in there, yeah. they talk about um, memory loss Yeah, is like a common theme, which of course, you know, your dad's in a nursing home. Sure. And, but um, I don't know. That, like, does, that does, does kind of play into it. Does it play into what happens at yeah. the end? This is actually a good time to discuss what we're going to do. What we haven't done in a long time is have... A, I mean, for for classy people, a spoiler edition, mm-hmm. and less classy, a spoilia dish. <laughs> We've done this in the past. Uh, there's there's a lot of things about this movie that I don't want to spoil it for people. So after the credits of this show, when the credits are done, stick around if you've seen the movie and you want to hear us talk about it. Or if it's one of those things, I'm not going to watch it. I'm gonna, I don't care if I get spoiled. You can stick around because we're going to talk about the ending a little bit towards then. Christopher's going to act out the last eight minutes I wasn't <laughs> that, able to watch right. before recording we're this podcast. We're going to reveal the entire ending. So stop after the credits if you don't want to hear that. But yeah, I do think that does play into it. I mean, it's a lot about talking to his dad who has memory issues and like his childhood a little bit, watching his kid, you know, sort of connect with other people. So there's a lot of things going on in the movie and they do all connect and they do all come together kind of wrapped up in an interesting way, which is again, why I liked the intention behind like the, if I read this script, Mm -hmm. I would be like, Oh yeah, this is going to be a really cool movie. I feel like there just wasn't an, I think the overall thing I could have, really made it better is a commitment to like the style of the film. So that's more in like the directing. Yeah. The look Mm -hmm. of it, the editing of it, the tone, it's like almost there, but it's sort of like Donnie Darko. That's one of the most stylistic movies, you know, David Lynch, you Mm -hmm. know, this is David Lynch and he throws everything at you. This just needed to dial that up a bit more. So it wasn't as cute. Like it was kind of cute in parts it needed to be like a little bit less so, I guess. Yeah. Well, that'll be interesting yeah. to watch Colin West's career then to see if he kind of goes in this direction with. Yeah. Um, I do think he'd made a couple of other film, like much smaller films. I don't know if they were shorts or features. Yeah. I'm looking. He's got a couple like award nominations yeah. and a couple awards for, um, I think it's for Linoleum, but like for the Oak Cliff Film Festival. No offense. Sun yeah, Valley yeah. Film Festival. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Seattle International Film Festival. That's a good one. But That's um, a really good one. yeah, I really like, I don't know, I like films about science. Yeah. <laughs> and this had a lot of science in it. Yeah. But not in a way, in a way that would kind of makes you think of science as science because it's, there's theories that are proven. But then like the whole concept of some of these theories are so beyond like what my brain can comprehend that it gets me dreaming about like what life is all about or how things are connected or what's possible in the world. That's the cool thing. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, 100% (laughs) because the great thing about this, it's about science, but it's also extremely quite a lot about dreaming and like fantasy and don't let that part of you go. I mean, the very... Obvious themes in it, they repeat quite a bit. Like everyone keeps saying, be rational, or he's not being rational. Mm-hmm. Then other people are saying, it's not that simple. That's mm-hmm. a phrase that keeps coming up, clearly meant to be like a motif. Those are the things that keep you down. Like everyone keeps saying, it's not that simple, or be rational. But then there's this drive, again, a, a motif in here, they keep saying, I want to do something fantastic. Right, I fulfilling want to be your Oh, I like that. Because yeah. that word is used over and over. Yeah. And it's like, not only like quality, I want to do something really great. Fantastic also is just like, I want to fantasize about what I could do, what I could be. Mm-hmm. And so the film is very much about like, don't let go of your dreams, essentially. That's something yeah. we all talk about yeah. with each other all the time, right? Yeah. 
So I thought that was wonderfully done. Like if a little bit ha- uh, somebody described it as ham fisted, like really said, be rational. And it's not that simple a lot. Maybe if that was dialed back a few, like we're still going to see it. Yeah. We only, we only hear it seven times. We can maybe like four times. <laughs> can we go back to that? Is ham fisted like I think ham it's just, I, or hand? Ham. Like H-A-M. Ha- like H-A-M. It's an interesting phrase Where that I- Where does that come from? I don't know, but- Ham-fisted feels like it's just clunky, real obvious, mm-hmm. maybe. So yeah. ham-fisted, clumsier bungling. I always yeah. like to find these adjectives existed before the First World War. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it uh, checks know, out. Well, now I'm thinking of rations during the war, like you would steal ham as much oh, as you yeah. could fit in your fist. I think, yeah, in my mind, I <laughs> thought of fists as hams, like big hams, and how difficult it would be to do things with them. Oh, you'd be very which clumsy. Which does, would be very clumsy, like, oh, I'm knocking stuff over. Now, is this a knock on butchers? Because I feel like butchers. No, I feel like it's just <laughs> if someone chose, oh, a big a big round of ham would be very difficult to use to pick things up. <laughs> it would be. It's just a visual gag. For any proper grooming that you might need. <laughs> yeah. Imagine trying to comb your hair and you've got hams for fists. Mmm. If rum ham. Yeah. <laughs> is that a thing? It is on Always Sunny in Philly. Oh, rum ham. But All right. Oh. Back to linoleum. Actually, I would like to talk about ham some more. Sure. No, I'm so hungry. We're, we're recording this right now when it's lunchtime and neither <laughs> yeah, one of us true. have eaten yet. That is true. Um, going back to the movie. Yeah. What was I just going to ask you? OMG. Is it about the oh. word linoleum? Yeah. No. Let's talk about. So we get very excited when the titular. Oh, yeah. Um, the little moment. The moment. Up. Yeah. yeah. In the movie where someone in the movie or TV show says the title. Yeah. Um, was and I missed out on the last eight minutes before yeah. we get to that spoiler. What was the connection with, between linoleum? No idea. I realized that a minute ago before we started. I was like, wait, why was it called linoleum? And I'm thinking, like, going back to the movie, trying to remember. What's your personal connection with the word linoleum? Yeah, I mean, I kitchens, kitchen, like cheap kitchens, mm-hmm. where it kind of but like there's always an area where it kind of buckles a little bit. Yeah, Maybe, I'm trying to think. Is that? I mean, that's such. That would be a very difficult metaphor to make clear to anybody. Yeah. Like a cheap kitchen. I think of linoleum stairs in old houses that oh, were yeah, built that like too, in the fifties yeah. that have like the metal on the sides. Yeah. So I always think of linoleum as what you were saying, but then also like a danger, a dangerous um, material because oh, yeah, yeah. uh, everyone's fallen down basement stairs before. <laughs> oh, speaking yeah. of basements. Oh yeah. How fun was that basement in the ho- the, the house? Like clearly, there's a bed down. So the basement in oh, the house yeah. in linoleum is where um, the first Jim Gaffigan's character, the one who wanted to be a rocket, uh, an astronaut, yeah, the like main, the main character, like the science guy. Yeah, he's got a lot of like collectibles yeah. and posters, and it seems like a workspace. But then there was also a bed down there, which is that where his father lived? Yeah, because he brought his father there later, okay. and he said, "Like, do you remember this?" He goes, "Yeah, this is my room. This mm-hmm. was where I used to, you know, work and live, I guess." Uh-huh. But yeah, so there's a connection to his father in there, and it is very fantastical looking, like. Another director that I think it was like, again, Michel Gondry, who did like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and The Science of Sleep. This is another one where like going toward that look and feel, not getting there quite yet, but it's good. That It's good that all these things are almost there because I just keep thinking, oh, that next one's going to be like dead on. Yeah. But yeah, it had that kind of like whimsical vibe. So Linoleum, I watched through Hulu. 
Uh, or you could pay $2 like Christopher did. I did mistakenly pay $2. Was it worth $2 to I you? I mean, I just like to give to Amazon because they're, they're really hurting they, for they money. Are. You hear you hear that they are having a hard time. <laughs> and I just I like to be charitable <laughs> and give Amazon too much money. Uh, yeah, it is available online in a couple different places. Uh, I suggest it. It's really interesting. We had I had a conversation with a member during the festival, and she's like, you got to see it because I really want to talk to you about it. And now I'm desperately trying to remember who it was that we talked about it with so I can say, oh, I finally saw it, so we need to chat. We could have had them as a special guest. Yes, I think I know who it is, too, so I'll find out. <laughs> nice. So this movie has been out for a little bit. Other people may have seen it. Yes, but I say, I say check it out. It's like... It's someone to watch, I would say. Agreed. For sure. Someone to watch. Speaking um, of watching, hmm. what else have we been watching? Well, let me tell you, I have my crappy movie night, as you know. Oh, yeah. And this season, season 11 or 12 of what we're doing, where we're all going through a new list of movies, um, we're supposed to pick a movie that came out the year we turned 15. <laughs> What a great it's random, you know the a great assignment. And um, I have not been able to pick a movie yet, but the one we just watched was called Stay Tuned. It okay. came out in 1992, <laughs> starring Josh Ritter and wow. um, Pam Dauber. Pam Dauber of Mork and Mindy fame. Of Mork and Mindy fame, and it was the perfect crappy movie because it was not good, but it was also full of weird fantastical things like the premise is um, these two main characters get sucked into the television that is Perfect. basically run by Satan and the underworld. So there's like spoofs on all the shows in the late 80s and early 90s that are kind of satanic and they have to go through every show and like try to get out alive or solve some sort of problem. I mean that sounds wonderful. It is wonderful. I enjoy the premise very much. Stay tuned. Uh, if you're ready for some like mindless giggles watch it <laughs> Yo, that sounds really good well i wanted to bring up because i was away on my honeymoon mm. when you guys talked about spider-man across the spider-verse oh yes please how did that go how did the show go i haven't uh, listened to it yet oh the show was award-winning yeah, i'd like what, to say i think that's what people are saying about award-winning um we absolutely loved it and geeked out about it from the actual storyline to the incredible animation. Oh, yeah, I yeah. mean, as a film watcher slash liker slash lover, you will like it, but also just the artist in you, KP. Oh, no, I did see it. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, I did see it, but I just didn't get a chance to come chat about it. That's oh, yeah. why I was like, I wanted to say like, oh, I'm going to ch chime in, but I want to know what you guys thought first. Oh, yeah. yeah. We really, really loved it. So you didn't listen to the podcast. Not cool. yet. Not yet. Um, <laughs> no. So what would you, What? where would you have sat with Great it all? I want to hear. Great job, Christopher. <laughs> um, no, I loved it too. Yeah. It was really wonderful. The only thing I was like so surprised, I did not know it was a to be continued. Yeah. Because like, it was a three hour movie. So you thought. It was long. And I was, when getting to the end, I'm like, wait, they're doing this now? And then when it was a to be continued, I was like, you sons of guns. Aren't you so excited, though, to but see yeah, a no, whole nother three it hours? It's kind of exciting to know that there's like, this is becoming an epic. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I loved, I mean, obviously the coolest thing about it for me, uh, besides the animation, which was like so stylish and so many different mm -hmm. kinds was all the different spider people. Yes. Like just even in passing watching I'm like how creative. What a great assignment for an artist to be like make up a bunch of different kind of spider people. Right. What a fun fun thing to do. Very fun. I mean representation 
there was uh, yeah. a spider person in a wheelchair. There were spider animals. There were spider heroes of all ages and races yeah. and backgrounds and, and colors. Sizes. It was so oh, cool. It was so cool. It was just like, man, that's. I mean, there's hundreds. Like, you don't, just in the background, but then they feature a few of them, too. It's like, what if Spider-Man was this? What if Spider-Man had a this? That was just, I mean, that's tons of fun. That's easy. That's almost, like, too easy. It was super <laughs> joyful. Did you have a favorite animation style or spider person? You know what? It's a lot like Moulin Rouge. Everything happens so fast. <laughs> you can watch it so many times and see something I know. different. I want to watch it again because, it no, like, I like the scratchy type, you know, where it's, like, mm -hmm. real scratchy and, like, mm -hmm. Hiccupy almost, uh, but I loved it when they did like just a real cutesy one too. Like they just switch back and forth so much, but it was really it's impressive. Like the whole movie is just impressive. It is impressive, and one of the things that um, we agreed on is. I love live action and it's weird. I think I said this in the podcast. It would be weird to have like future Iron Man movies or whatever with yeah. like an animated and not seeing Robert Downey Jr. But right. the fact what they did and how much care they take with the animation for this film, I could watch all future action movies in yeah. animated form. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's nice to have. You didn't lose anything. No, you have. And it's like a new take on a movie that's quite frankly been done to death right like spider-man and batman have to be the most like weighted of all of those mm -hmm. superheroes like there's so many of them that you need if you're gonna keep doing them when you're going to because everyone keeps giving you a billion dollars um <laughs> yeah find the fresh approach when i, I really like that they did and i love that i love the miles morales character that they're using that because that was something from the comics that was shot off there's a lot of those there's like a, there's a, a female uh, Thor, which they did a little bit in the Thor movie, mm -hmm. and there, there even is a Iron Man. I think there's a young girl who takes over the Iron Man suit at some point in yep. the comics. So there's a lot of places to go. Well, and also that series that came out a while ago, She Hulk. Yeah. Uh, at the same time as regular Hulk is his cousin. That yeah. was pretty great too. So I am all into it. Just keep, don't keep making the same movie over and over yeah, again. Yeah. And I will keep seeing yeah. every single one. Man, she, she, I'm so glad you reminded me. She Hulk was so great. Oh, was Plus, so when I was a kid, I had a big crush on She Hulk. Aww. Big green lady. Yeah. God bless. God bless. No, it was really that. And I heard all these bad things about She-Hulk when it before I saw it. And I'm like, this is so fun. I think it's just people expected something different. That was like a sitcom. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. It was I very campy. Keep talking about this for years and years. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. Oh, and last thing I'll say, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse makes me excited for the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie, Ooh. which is animated. And it seems like they're taking a page from that book. And it's a very stylized kind of animation. It's got great voice actors. It's called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. And uh, Seth Rogen, not oh. Seth Rogen, not Seth Rogen. Wait. Seth Rogen? Yeah, Seth yeah. Rogen. I thought I said Joe Rogan. Oh, no. Which I, would be a... That is the look on your face that you had <laughs> that you said Joe Rogan, but you said Seth. <laughs> my face said Joe Rogan, but my brain and mouth yeah. luckily did correct. <laughs> yeah, Seth Rogen is behind it, too, mm -hmm. which I'm sure will be very funny. But I saw the trailer for that before Indiana Jones, mm -hmm. and I thought, that looks like a very cool version. Nice. Especially since they just had the very upsetting version where they tried to make the turtles look 
kind of photorealistic, which means super creepy and weird. Oh, maybe a future craptastic movie yes, pick for me. for certain. Well, stick around. After we roll the credits here, we are going to yes. do some ultimate spoilers as Christopher Pollard acts, voice acts out the last eight <laughs> minutes of linoleum that you'll, I didn't get a chance to watch You'll miss yet. the costumes, but you'll hear it. All right. Cinebuds is produced by our pal, Kim Shine. Thank you, Kim. And we are also blessed with a great intro song by Newski. Newski. We also have two sponsors of Cinebuds. We'd like to thank our friends at yeah. Associated Bank. Oh, yes. Thank you. And Eyes on the Lake, Eye Care, and Eyewear. And honestly, though, we wouldn't do any of this without our member support. So thank you to all the members of Milwaukee Film. Yes, and Radio Milwaukee. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you soon. Spoilers in three, (laughs) two, two, one. And here it is. All right. We gave you a chance for earmuffs. This is the spoiler dish. So at this point. You are responsible for being disappointed for hearing spoilers if you're sticking around. All right. I am so sorry that I did not get a chance to watch the last eight minutes. But what this is when I had to stop, it was everything was kind of coming together and the dots are being connected. So what what do you want to share? So I'll now we're about to listen to grandpa try to remember real specific details (laughs) about something he just watched yesterday (laughs) so i may get this a little wrong because just because oh you're the grandpa yeah i'm the grandpa yes you're gonna listen to grandpa (laughs) talking about the grandpa in the film (laughs) Nope, i'm grandpa i'm already confused trying and that's a good place to be in because so at the end they essentially try to wrap this all up but also reveal that the father, so Jim Gaffigan's dad, mm-hmm. who we know has memory issues, his doctor says, you know, he he maybe doesn't have time left. And so Jim Gaffigan brings him home. Mm-hmm. He brings him to his home. Then you, at the beginning, you see this woman in the distance. You don't know who the woman is. Also a yeah. Donnie Darko thing because yeah. there was a woman that was always standing in the yard in Donnie Darko exactly. too. Exactly. Yeah, it's very Donnie Darko. You're okay. right. So you, you don't know who she is. Uh, there's this theme of the, you see a little car of the car flipped over, which is what the car fell out at the beginning. So there's all these different elements. His daughter is sort of seeing this young man across the street. So what, I'll just sum up the dad who is dying mm-hmm. and has memory issues. When it says, Cameron, can you open your eyes? They say that at the beginning. Yeah. That's the old lady that's you always see in the street. Oh. Or in the or in the yard, talking to the old man, and that's his wife. Okay. And what it is? Wait, Cameron's the old man. Cameron is the old man. Cameron is also the neighbor's son. Yes. And the woman, his wife, mm-hmm. Jim Gaffigan's wife, is the old lady, and she's also the daughter. So essentially, all of the characters in this movie are just different ages of that couple. I. Which is very. Eternal Sunshine-ish, kind of like you see different versions, yes. different realities. Okay, I know that it's very cheap to say this now, <laughs> and I wish I would have given you my theory and my hypothesis. Oh, yeah. But I was just starting to put those things together. Yeah. Not about anyone other than the um, neighbor, the little boy neighbor, for yeah. some reason, I thought was like Jim Gaffigan. But I was like, so is yeah. G- is the new Jim Gaffigan that moved in across the street the dad actually? He's the dad, yeah, exactly. Okay. So everything that happened to the the kid across the street happened to Jim Gaffigan. That was his dad. Oh. His dad was not a nice person. Very strict. Yes. So it's really, but I I'm not 100 percent if the 
the man, the old man who's dying, mm-hmm. is he the guy across the street? But no, it's not. It's Jim Gaffigan. So it would be that old man's dad. Mm-hmm. Essentially, that's what happened to him. So it's a little convoluted, but I think it's clear at the end. Like, mm-hmm. And they also do very obvious like flashbacks. Like, oh, remember this when he said this? Remember when we said this? That all goes together with here. Which I don't think was necessary. But um, yeah, I think the only thing I may have connected was the the lady in the yard because I kept thinking, who could she possibly be that's mm-hmm. alluded to? Like, yeah. is it just going to be some random new element? It has to be either the wife or the daughter or something. But yeah, so all the different, it was just every kind of couple of people in this was just representative of him in his life. And this is him at the end of his life. He has memory issues. So this is just, it seems like what they're saying is this is him trying to kind of uh, put all of those stages of his life into one story. Whoa. So he, so the whole movie was basically him remembering, remembering all the stages of his life, life in like a in mixed a, up way as yeah, it would be when you get older. Exactly. Exactly. Man, you know, I really love the theme of this because I've been having. <laughs> <laughs> I've been dipping back into my memories yeah. lately. There's different things that have sparked memories from my childhood that I haven't thought about in a really long time. And this is, I might cry a little bit because that's, okay. really, <laughs> yeah. that's really cool and powerful. And I think that is such a gift that you could get at the end of your life yeah. to be able to go back and have these like very vivid Vivid enough that it would be turned into a movie yeah, someone right. would enjoy, a right? cinematic version of the adventures you had, the people that you were connected to. Yeah, can, it, is can, lo- it is lovely. Can someone besides like a better person like Dolly Parton, not Elon Musk, invent technology <laughs> yeah, yeah. where we could capture and harness our own memories and put them into a movie that our loved ones could watch? Yeah. I mean, I feel like that we're inches away from that technology right now. Oh, I should. I, we should be able to cast who we want too. There's all those deep fakes out there. We mm. can just cast anyone. Who would Who would you want to play you at a like teenager age? Oh, a teenager age. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh boy, I don't know. I know as like a middle aged man, I want Oliver Platt to play me. Ooh, nice. <laughs> I like him. I don't know what it is. He's not like a super handsome man, but he's charming. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that's, how, <laughs> that's how I like to gaps like that. Or a um, David Cross. We oh, have a lot yes. of features that mm-hmm. are similar. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would be good. And he has the glasses he could bring from his own wardrobe. If I had like a angel devil kind of characters in my life he mm-hmm. would be the devil because he's very cynical mm-hmm. he wouldn't be the positive i feel like i have a lot of cynicism and positivity yeah <laughs> he'd be the cynical part of me on that shoulder oh i'd like to think sarah silverman could be the cynical part of me oh yeah oh She's yeah, yeah so yeah. smart and funny i just watched her her new special is very good oh nice she has a new one you should check out well, you got to save it for next time while we're watching. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. This is the spoily dish. We've spoiled things. Spoily dish. But hopefully they're still edible. Did, <laughs> <laughs> it's You just scrape the mold off. Yeah. This is like hard cheese. Just cut off the bad parts. <laughs> hard cheese. Yeah. All right. Um, final question for anyone still listening, because I don't think yeah. we asked a listener oh, yeah. question. Um, hit us up on Instagram. Who would you want to play you in the movie of your life? Yeah, that's a good one. It'll be a fun way for us to get to know you a little bit better. Exactly. We're going to post that on on Instagram. So if you have not followed us there, what are you doing? Come on. At Cinnabuds Podcast on Instagram. Okay. Well, thanks for the spoily dish. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad we got to do it. I haven't done it in a while. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you soon. Bye.